So welcome to the sixth ep- episode of the International Running Enthusiast today with Dagmara Hanslik. She's an athlete from Cyprus. She's currently preparing for Doha for the marathon. And she's the national record holder over half marathon and marathon in Cyprus. Welcome, Dagmara. Hi. <laughs> and so first, I always provide a short running update from my side. Uh, I think since the last podcast, I did a couple of trainings on Monday. I did eight times 1,000 meters, and it was actually the first time that I didn't die before the end of the training. So it went really well because I finally managed to start slow enough so that I could sustain until the end, which was quite cool. And then yesterday, I did a discovery run to the forest here, which was like 23 kilometers, but that that again killed me a little bit because there was so much altitude and um so much up and down and it was really in the uh, at 12 in the sun and yeah it was a little bit longer than i expected um but yeah today is easy again and then tomorrow i think i'm going to do four times 4k but all in all i think uh i'm i'm adapting more and more to the altitude i'm really sleeping now very well and feeling good <laughs> So this podcast today is about how running changes your life because uh, Dagmara, she's now 33 and she started serious running or doing something else and jogging just three years ago. And yeah, we will talk a lo- uh, about her transition from just running as a hobby <laughs> to running as a profession. So Dagmara, I always start with a short intro questionnaire with some questions. So what's your name and how old are you? Uh, my name is Dagmara and yes I'm 33 uh, at the moment okay and since when do you know me Uh, since Thursday last week so that's uh, six days Mm -hmm. and how do we know each other we met at the Lornach uh, high altitude camp in here in Eton Kenya Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually she was my roommate for one night. Uh, and yes, then... <laughs> and then I got upgrade in a single room. Okay, so our interview today is in English. Why do you speak English? Why do I speak English? I learned, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, well, I don't know any other language that you speak. Dutch, probably. Yeah, Dutch and French, French and German. That would be very but... difficult for me. I don't know this, so let's stick to English. Okay. And now some questions on your running background. First, always, why do you run? Because uh, I love it. I think I'm addicted. If I don't run uh, for a um, day or two, I really suffer mentally and physically, <laughs> literally. Like, I cannot find a place for myself. So I guess it's some something that it's a part of me now. It's like your routine, you know. You brush your teeth every morning, every evening, whatsoever. For me, running, it's it's a part of my day. Without it, I feel it's like not complete. I feel awkward if I don't run. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are your favorite distances in running? A long distances, uh, definitely long runs. So whenever we have um, like 30 kilometers plus, I really like it. Uh, saying that I'm not the fastest runner, so I'm not going crazy paces. Just it really relaxes me, and the longer the better, I think. So if if I could just run <laughs> steady, easy, long runs, that would be ideal. 
So more or less marathon is your favorite distance? Yeah, for the in terms of competitions uh, or races, marathon, definitely. Okay, and if you say you're not very fast runner, what is your PR over the marathon? 23417. Oh, okay, that's very slow, yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I meant that I enjoy going for long runs that yeah. are not uh, crazy slow, fast yeah. pace, just how I feel. I really I can go for a couple of hours and it feels great. Yeah, so. I understand. And what's your next goal in running? I qualified for the World Championships in Doha uh, on the 27th of September. So I'm very excited to to compete. Mm -hmm. and, um, let's see from there. The, the ultimate goal, of course, for me is to qualify for Olympics next year for Tokyo. So hopefully I can do it in Doha. Let's see. <laughs> okay. So then the main interview, we, we said we might talk a little bit about how running changed your life. Maybe you can first give a little bit some background info about your bio. Like when you said you, you ran in college and then you jogged for 10 years and then you started running again. So maybe just give a short summary of your, of your running bio. Okay. I think uh, I started running when I was 16 or 17. There was just some uh, local. Uh, race uh, in school. I remember I just wanted to get a better grade from my exercises class, whatever. So I signed up and I won it. And then I qualify for um, regionals that I won as well with really no training, no nothing. So somehow I got recruited to the club. Mm, and I was running for like a year, year and a half track, middle distances. And then there were coaches coming from the States to the, to my national championships. And they were. In Cyprus? No, in Poland, because I'm originally Polish. Mm -hmm. So I somehow got in touch with those coaches and I end up going to the, um, to the States, uh, on the full athletic scholarship, mm -hmm. uh, to run. Um, yes. It was uh, like 20 or so. No, I was 18 when I left. So I'm okay. saying it was very short, <laughs> my track in Poland. I was competing at, during my college time. I graduated from the University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I met a Cypriot boyfriend <laughs> who promised me 360 days of sunshine in <laughs> Cyprus. <laughs> So I was lured by this, you know, studying in Minnesota, it's very cold. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, um, let's do it. We didn't want to stay in the States. He um, also studied there? Yeah, he graduated. Okay. okay, the story is a bit more complicated, but to cut it short, yes, he, he studied okay. there, he graduated, and then we both wanted to go back to Europe. So I was open for Cyprus experience. I went to Cyprus and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm there since then. Okay, we are not together anymore, but I just love the country. I'm, it's my 10th, 11th year mm -hmm. there now. And um, what did you run in the US? What distances and what times? I ran a lot of cross country. Um, I ran 5k, 10k. And what yes. was your time, for example, over 10k? 
36 2 I believe. <laughs> yes, I was struggling a lot of injuries though, and somehow it wasn't the best period for me. The first year was fantastic. I remember I did some even for the cross country, some records for them, for the courses and things like that, fastest freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I got injured and I never really, it was a serious injury, get back to the fitness I was before somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just wasn't into me. So I was a bit struggling through the years of the, the later, um, the last years. And those were injuries of too much running. Uh, it was uh, something with the knee, meniscus. But um, yeah, I don't know if it was because of too much running. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I had injury and I never, somehow I kind of lost it at the end. Mm-hmm. The desire to run competitively. Uh, so when I moved to Cyprus, I was like, uh, okay, I'm done. I don't want to compete anymore. Uh, but saying that, okay, I still have lots of energy in me. I had to use it somehow. So I was jogging. I even went for some local races there that I was winning all the time. Um, and okay, not so much of a training. I was going maybe two, three times per week, just mm-hmm. jogging. Mm, and that went on for um, seven years, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, I was doing some other sports to horse riding that mm-hmm. I mentioned to you before. Um, lots of swimming, <laughs> lots of partying. <laughs> Cyprus is an amazing island. And then, uh, yeah, when I turned 30, I thought I always wanted to do the full marathon and it seemed so easy because I was thinking if I can run for two hours straight, maybe I can do the marathon. I had no idea about the pace whatsoever because that time I didn't even have a GPS watch. We are talking about all my life. I didn't have it before. So I was just going again three times per week jogging for uh, one hour, two hours, two hours and a half. And I thought that's mm-hmm. enough to run a marathon. So I signed up and uh, was the first 20 kilometers that was going like crazy, like there is no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then at the 30, I hit the so-called uh, runner's wall, mm-hmm. yeah, the marathon's wall. And I thought that's it, that I... <laughs> I was nearly crying, but still, I didn't never give up. I finished it um, the time three twelve. Mm-hmm. Collapsed after completely. And so you wanted to do it again? Yes, but <laughs> I still wanted to do it again, and I got in touch with the local coach who convinced me to join the, the group. But that came from you, or did the coach? No, he contacted me because Cyprus is a small island, so I, this three twelve actually time. If I would be running under the team. I would be the first anyway as a woman. Okay. So they just wanted me to get some points for the club. They wanted me to sign up. So I'm like, okay, why not? So yeah, we started preparing. And after, um, I think, six months, we went to Athens Marathon, mm-hmm. where I already improved to 252, which is a very difficult course, like 20 kilometers uphill in Athens Marathon. Mm-hmm. So that was it. I felt very good. Uh, I think I was fourth over there. Mm-hmm. Passing lots of professional athletes even at that time. And I wasn't 
even starting as an elite. So I was just going from the back yeah. zone something. So if I could go <laughs> maybe from the elite zone it would be even better. I mean, for sure. Anyway, so I continue running. I continue. Wait, but in those six months, did you completely change your training from? I just started running more from running three times per week. I think I was running five mm-hmm. times, increased the miles and everything. And always with the club then and with your coach or most of the trainings you know I was working as well so I had to I don't remember some trains for sure in the morning I was doing on my own the next marathon was again in Limazo in the city that I'm living in Cyprus Mm -hmm. and from 312 I improved to 242 so yeah nearly 30 minutes yeah 30 minutes in one year that's okay yes and that time that was 2017 um 245 would give me gave me the entry standards for the world championships. They asked me if I want to be a Cypriot. I said, why not? Mm-hmm. So Who we, asked you? Well, I mean, I'm joking. Like, I mean, it just somehow came that, you know, if you're a Cypriot, you can go to the world championships. Yeah, yeah, and I'm okay. like, okay, I would be honored to do that. I would love that. Yeah. So they applied for my passport. On the last moment, I remember I got it maybe five days before my race (laughs) that uh, I got the passport and uh, I went to London for the World Championships uh, to represent Cyprus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I ran there 238 on, again, difficult course. This course had nothing to do with the London Marathon, so they cheated (laughs) on us because they made it like within the city somehow with lots of turns and bricks and uh, it was not the London marathon that I thought <laughs> I could run and do amazing times but still I mean I ran four minutes faster so that was good but again uh, for me that time I got really obsessed with running and you know I was so excited to be there and my mileage went to 180 mm-hmm. per week uh, or even above that. And right? yes, yes, never wanted to take a break because again, like this is um, like that. If I do something, I do it like 1000%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't see any, it's either black or white. So I'm all in or nothing. And I just didn't want to, didn't listen to anyone. And uh, even after London Marathon, I just didn't want to take any break. Yeah. And I ran until I broke... Yes, a couple of bones. I had three stress fractures, no, two stress fractures and one fracture in my hip, mm-hmm. which was very unusual. Like the doctor said that you've never seen anything like that because it was in the very, one of the strongest bones in your mm-hmm. body and one in the foot, which I actually much? ran the marathon with. So that was all from overuse because again like I haven't been doing anything and within the year like from nothing I just started running 180 kilometers so no one And your coach didn't tell you before uh, maybe I that's didn't not a good idea. listen that much and anyway I mean training for a marathon you need to do kilometers mm-hmm. it's just I was doing them a lot and and fast so I was Injured for a whole year, the whole 2018, exactly the stress fracture happened. I was on the, with the crunches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was on the crunches for, um, I think two months yeah, from October 2017. 
And I couldn't run. I really tried, believe me, <laughs> so many crunches. times. No, I mean, Afterwards. during all these years, yeah. I was doing all this physio rehabs and all of this. Nothing helped. And it took me one year in October 2018. Mm-hmm. I started running again and there was no pain. And yet again, me... <laughs> Instead of taking it slowly and at least, I don't know, go to some physio as well and take it, just make the right choice. I don't know, take care about your body and make it more gradual. I just went all in. From October, I ran until I think November, Mm -hmm. just one month, and I got, uh, I tear my tendon. (laughs) So again, from November until March, I did not run. and um, But when you say you did not run, did you do a lot of alternative training? I was doing or... um, a lot of um, elliptical. That's nice. what I was laughing. There will <laughs> be a marathon to... on elliptical for sure. I will be uh, <laughs> getting all the medals because of the amount of time that I spent yeah. there. That's me in aqua jogging. I think <laughs> I would be world champion in that as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was actually ready to give up, but then I met my current boyfriend who kind of like, I don't know, made me believe that I can still do it. And he kind of pushed me to give it another try because he sees in me that this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And um, he made me believe that I can still do it. So, mm-hmm. But he's not a runner, right? No, 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 he's not. Uh, so in March, and I started very, like a very intense physio and a strengthening training for my hips and for my hamstrings to prevent the injury. And in March, I started slowly, slowly jogging <laughs> again after four months break. Three. March yeah. this year, right? March this year we're talking about. <laughs> okay. And I'm talking, we started from jogging. I mean, I... My first speed session was in April this year, middle of April. Mm-hmm. All this time was just easy jokes. I couldn't do much. So we now have August, by the way. Yes, now we have August. So from uh, mid April, let's say training wise, uh, I already signed up for <laughs> a marathon in Gold Coast on the 7th of uh, July, mm-hmm. which I ran 2.34. So just with few months training, like let's say three and a half. So I believe I have still lots of potential as long as I could, if I could only train, you know, with no injuries, no nothing for a year, mm-hmm. I think I could achieve much more. So yeah, definitely sub 230 mm-hmm. and the Olympics. That's my goal. And now do you feel far away from being injured? Or did, because now you... Again, you didn't build it up very <laughs> Yeah, I do exercise a lot. I do the strengthening as much as I can. I'm taking more uh, precautions now because before everything was just like not really organized and I didn't take care about myself. Now I have the massage every week. I'm doing lots of stretching. Before I was just this crazy run. Just I wanted to run. I didn't mm-hmm. care about yeah, any strength, stretching, no, nothing, just running. And I thought that's it, I will do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with this amount of miles, 
kilometers that you run, you need to be careful how you recover. And do you have now a broader team of coaches that also advises you on that? So maybe before you just had the physical coach who always... Yeah, I, I changed my coach actually in March as well. I changed many things from March. I got, first of all, I quit my job. I'm no longer working. I'm just a professional athlete. Since March, right? Yeah, because I knew I cannot handle... Uh, we are talking about, usually I was spending about six, seven hours on training every day. So let's say from the morning first run, then in the gym three, sometimes four hours, mm -hmm. and then the second training. And you cannot do it with the, with the job. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, uh, especially because of this gym and strengthening that yeah. I really need to. I have still big disproportion in my legs in terms of muscle. Um, because of the, the stress fractures that I had for the year, mm -hmm. um, and the crunches I was using. So my left leg is maybe just 60% muscle wise of mm -hmm. the right leg. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, to build it up, I had to really invest my time and efforts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in now. But yeah, coming back to the topic of today's podcast, I would have never thought if someone told me, I don't know, three years, four years ago that I will end up in Eton, <laughs> a high altitude preparation camp and uh, Doha, yeah, preparing for world championships in Doha. I would just give a laugh because mm -hmm. I was so far from that. I was not even in my... Uh, I never won that actually. I just wanted to run and this competitive part of me, I don't know, got awakened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, just on time. <laughs> okay. So you would say the value of running really changed also for you in those last three years? Yeah. And the value of running, maybe it defines me more now. It gives me the, the freedom and I don't know. It helps me to. To prove to myself who I am and gives me more confidence, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, more, um, I know what I want. Um, and I know I have it within me. So I don't feel like that in any sphere of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm really thankful it comes to running that it gives me this feeling that it's all up to me and I know I can, I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would have been like my next question in relation to, to your previous work. Would you say that you, you translated that effort that you put in there before or what you got from your previous work, some fulfillment or so into running now, or is it completely different? Um, yeah, again, uh, for me, I'm talking from my personal perspective. I always need to have something to hang on. So either it's work, I'm like a workaholic when I work, but still I enjoy it. I, mm -hmm. and I've been really passionate about my work. Um, I mean, I work, I used to work in the marketing in finance company for many, many years mm -hmm. or some other sport. Uh, again, I mentioned before I used to do horse riding. Now I simply don't have time, but I love it. And I remember I was waking up again, 4 a.m. to go to the, stables and run before my work and ride before my work and after and I was like super dedicated to to this so it, I always need to have something to hang on and to mm -hmm. feel passionate about but running I think is the discipline that I'm the most devoted to mm -hmm. it goes really well with me <laughs> <laughs> okay and would you say that this 
the strength of being capable of really being so passionate about one thing is what allowed you now to make this transition? Mm, yeah, I believe so. But you know, it's uh, I think it's a bit risky <laughs> because not to cross this line because you see, as I said, I push it too much when I had these big injuries. Mm -hmm. I push it so much that I just simply broke the bones. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you have to be really careful of that. But yeah, saying that it helped me because you need to, I think to be successful in something you need to have a little bit of this craziness in you like mm -hmm. to go all in you need to be ready to take the risks if you just play safe i i don't think you'll be ever uh, able to discover your full potential that's yeah. how i see it and i'm very happy i have it in me <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. so. and what points do you, do you think you could still improve upon to become a better Runner. Oh, that's a very long list. <laughs> Again, maybe because, you know, maybe for sure I had such a long break from running and I, I haven't really worked at all on my style of running. It's really bad. I'm, Your I was telling you, yeah, me mm -hmm. and my technique, uh, I basically don't have one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really bad. I'm leaning backwards for some reason instead of forward when I get tired. There's lots of things I need to improve and I'm very slow. I think that I haven't done much speed work whatsoever. As I mentioned, I just started now again in, in April, my first track session. So for me, anything faster than, um, three, I don't know, 45, 40 on the track, it's already a struggle. And I know I need to run much faster to, to be able to um, finish marathon in sub 230. So that's. What pace is the 230 marathon again? I believe uh, now I run 238 to reach the 234. <laughs> Wait, you run 238 on a marathon and you struggle doing 240 yeah. for 1k on Yeah, how is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I need to work on my speed, definitely, and some technique, probably. Um, and the first uh, night here, when you were my roommate, I discovered that you were also reading Let Your Mind Run from Tina Custer, and then we got talking a little bit about mental training. Mm -hmm. Is that also something that you're, that you're working on, or I don't know, that, that you value a lot? Yeah, I think everything is in your mind, everything. And this is, this even goes with your previous question. How come you can uh, run 238 per kilometer for the whole marathon? And when you are on the track, you're struggling. Yes, because during the marathon, I'm so motivated. I don't think about anything else. I can mm -hmm. be so focused. And in the track, I just, I'm trying. It's not like I, I go and I'm like, Oh, today I'll take it easy. No, I, I really push, but somehow it just sometimes doesn't go <laughs> uh, because it's all in your mind. And, uh, when you have so many athletes on the highest level or the elite athletes, uh, they all probably capable of running the same. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's the one who has the strongest mind that mm -hmm. wins, and especially marathon distance. It's a, such a, it's a long distance, so you need lots of uh, mental strength to keep your focus and not give up. Just stay on the top of the game all the time. I think it's very important to work on your mental strength. Uh, I don't work with any coach or anyone yet. Again, I, I maybe 
I will uh, later on. I hope I will get the chance right now. I just simply didn't have time to do it. But I like to read some some books, mm-hmm. uh, some motivational articles. Uh, for example, one of the those that I wanted to recommend for you was mm-hmm. the How Bad Do You Want It? Mm-hmm. So I think Fitzgerald, the yeah. author. Yeah. Uh, the one, it's very interesting. And yeah, lots, a few autobiographies I mentioned I read before about uh, Paula Radcliffe, which she, she's my uh, idol. <laughs> Those books, they give me motivation. Yeah. And endure. Um, you read yeah, and well, inspiration, right? yeah. Endure, I just started. It's on my list now. Okay. Yeah. And what do you do specifically for Doha to, to prepare mentally? Well, I will try to do lots of visualizations. Positive affirmations. I even made a back home. I have a vision board where mm-hmm. I write my goals uh, every morning. I wake up and I see it. That's what I did before the Gold Coast mm-hmm. uh, because the plan was to run under 237 and be in the top 10 or be in the top 10 because uh, Gold Coast Marathon, it's a gold label. So if I would finish in the top 10, it would allow me to go to Doha. Mm-hmm. So I did both. I was, I think, sixth, seventh mm-hmm. there. And I ran under 37, again, 234. So uh, maybe it was the board <laughs> on my <laughs> on my wall in my bedroom. Who knows? And what's on your board for Doha now? It's not made yet again, <laughs> but when I come back uh, from from Eton, I will make the board for uh, for Doha. Yes, definitely. Do you already have no an idea of like specific goals that you put on there? Yes, I I'm, I'm, I will be aiming to run under two thirty. I know it's a difficult course. I mean, course actually, I don't know if it's difficult, but the temperature. Yeah will be very hot, over 35, probably, Celsius. Uh, That's why they're making the marathon uh, at midnight, first time in the history. But saying that, I will still put all my effort, and I I know I can do it. To run 2.29.30 is the entry standard for the Tokyo Olympics, and that's what I want to do. 2.28, maybe. (laughs) What makes you know that you can do it? As uh, another idol of mine, neighbor now, Kipchoke, says, <laughs> no human is limited. So I believe if you really, really want something, you can achieve it. Mm-hmm. And if you put the work and effort, you can you can really make it. So then let's move to the lessons learned. Yeah, maybe a wrap up about how running or a special passion that you have can just change your life what sort of lessons did you learn through the transition that you made how running can change yes uh, i mean it changed my life i mean from just wouldn't say ordinary person but i mean just uh, yeah you would call it ordinary from having a job and everything i all of a sudden became a professional athlete three four years ago no one would believe it's mm-hmm. it's possible and it just happened and now running is very important part of my life Uh, i just read a book about the passion paradox or so it's called about that it's important to somehow find your passion to in 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 anything in your relationships in your work exactly it could be anything that's that's what i said before um, before it was to be my work i was really dedicated because I felt passionate about it. I loved what I what I was doing. There was another sport I was involved. 
perhaps uh, I don't know after <laughs> Olympics, uh, my passion will be my family, and I will mm-hmm. be devoted uh, to my family. Um, that it has to be something that makes you happy. Actually, to be successful in something, you need to feel passionate about it. You need to willing to put all the effort and uh, and still love what you're doing. Yeah. So um, then the success is, is yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So one key message of the book is that it's not only important to find your passion, but also to find a sustainable way to live with it and to... to Which book are you referring to? To the passion paradox, so that it doesn't eat you up or that you don't get burnout or injuries or something because on the one side it's somehow important for success but on the other side you also have to find a way yeah to structure it or to give it a room in your life that doesn't hurt you or yeah cause any yeah again it's a very thin line for that well one thing for sure um i like the process of uh, achieving my goals it's not like i have a goal and i'm doing it just to there's no other way for me i have to do it and no i i love what i'm doing i feel passionate about it i cannot live without running at the moment Uh, but again i am a bit not a bit quite a lot <laughs> obsessed in a way that hooked up. Oh, that's a better way to say I'm focused on this, but uh, I love the process. I love getting there. I'm fully motivated and um, can't wait to, to go running actually <laughs> for yeah. my second run today. <laughs> and again, I, I, when I'm into something, it's, this is just the way I am. It's more than 100%. Yeah. You have to be careful with that because yes, you can get injured. You can be, you sacrifice a lot. You sacrifice your personal life. You sacrifice sometimes your relationships, your work, your other commitments, uh, because it's difficult to fit everything in, in 24 hours. Yeah. Would you say then running is an egoistic choice? It is. I have to say it is because it's all about me now, actually. Running is something what I do for myself. You need to find, you need to at least try to find some, some balance here. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're also giving back or inspiring other people? I hope I do. (laughs) (laughs) I hope some people find uh, my story uh, inspirational. Yeah. Maybe motivational as well. We'll see. To... To make their life happy, you know, with whatever it is, whether it's going to be a new sport, a new relationship, (laughs) whatever, you name it. I mean, just something to be happy about. And since we're just at the lessons learned, what I wanted to say uh, before when you said that you really like the process... Um, I think that was one of the key messages in the book as well, that to have a healthy relationship with your passion in your life, it's really about setting certain goals and knowing how to, like defining a way to get there, but then sort of forgetting about the goal and really engaging just in the process and focusing on what can I improve on a small scale within this process. So I think in that way, it sounds like you, you have a sort of healthy intake now on how running defines your life. Okay, then let's move to links to your social media or any links that you want to share. Is there any way that people can follow you? And Instagram is just my name, Dagmara with underscore. My last name, H-A-N-D-Z-L-I-K, mm-hmm. so Dagmara Hanslik. And I believe on Facebook as well. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll put it in the show notes. So... <laughs> So stay tuned and bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.